The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Friday. Gary, hi. Hi, I was thinking that uh, it was 95, I believe, Yeah, that I was in Houston, Texas for a talk radio convention. And there's a bunch of people. I mean, it's the, it's the happy hour social, you know, it's the, the, uh, the social justice warriors happy hour or whatever it's called, uh, happy hour. Right. And so there's a ton of people. And I mean, there's a group of people in this room and, and I mean, there's probably three, 400 people. And so you're talking to people, and there's people all over, you know. And I'm talking to this one guy, and I turn around, and I look at this man sitting right there, and the guy says, hi, I'm Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know, a magnificent desolation. Mm-hmm. And he was so impressed that I remembered what the second man on the moon said. Yeah. Never forget that. We had a great conversation, yeah. too. And I, then I looked at him, and I said, you never really walked on the moon, and he just you know, reeled back and just took that a uh, left hook right into my jaw. Yeah. Remember when that happened? When... Yeah, it's true. Uh, he never walked on the moon. No, no one has ever walked on the moon. We know this now. <laughs> it was all staged. <laughs> uh, so it would have been about uh, a little over an hour ago. It's no coincidence Let's... that it, that in the cartoon right. is it's, Buzz Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear, Buzz Aldrin. See, it's been Hollywood all, all along. Uh, so it was a little over an hour ago, 54 years ago. When it that, that you graduated? <laughs> no, that was oh. 50 years ago this year. Well, speaking of that, I, you know, thinking of, you know, I was driving in and the whole Jason Aldean controversy, which really isn't a controversy at all. I mean, it's just mm. stupid. Mm. Um because it's obviously he's just saying, you know, we don't want we don't want crime in our area. Mm-hmm. That's simple. Mm-hmm. We want a civilized society and we stand up for each other and we protect innocent people and you're not going to destroy our town. It's a look, it's a it, it's a it's a message. I did read somebody wrote yesterday. They said <laughs> they said the left looks at somebody like, you know, Jason Aldean and 
And, you know, who knows exactly how conservative he is or whether it's a populism that he is exposing. Mm -hmm. But immediately, every single word gets parsed that this is the this is somebody who is the exact representation of all conservatives. And it's like he might not be. But that was just an interesting conversation. But the song itself, you know, you have to read into it if you if you and the left does it all the time. The left reads into what you're saying. uh, And but. As we said yesterday, it's simply a song when I heard it, when I heard it, and I probably would have never heard it because I'm not a country music listener. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I heard it, I mean, I listened to it when I was here with you yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I went, no, oh, okay, well, I used to like country when it was country, and this really isn't country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but It's more of a rock song. But it's like I looked at the imagery, and I went, okay, I understand it. You don't do that in our town. You don't riot. And if you want to go point by point in the minutia of it, all of the riots were based on a lie. Mm-hmm. So well, nobody and- nobody really said that yesterday. Nobody, you know, we have been blunt in it from the very beginning about Black Lives Matter. Now everybody, now Black Lives Matter has been exposed for what it is. Well, and and the left is, again, showing who they are. You speak out against crime. How dare you speak out against crime? Right. That's racist. It's yep. not racist at, at all. It's about crime. Nope. It's saying people who commit these crimes shouldn't try it in a small town. And guess what? They don't. They get away with it in large cities because the liberals are letting them get away well, with it in large cities. That was another thing I thought about yesterday. They said, well, what makes small towns different than large cities? Mostly the politics. So it is a political statement. Oh, absolutely. Well, this is a, uh, some kind of political statement, uh, left and right, this shouldn't be. Well, the reality is, for the most part, I'm not saying all small cities are more conservative, but the vast majority are than the large cities that are all under wacko Democrat control. Yes, yes. And if something happens that's out of line, it's going to get around pretty quickly. And that goes for the criminals or... Any official who does something bad, it gets around pretty quickly. You're not going to get away with it. But in a large city, you can get away with it all day long, whether you're the mayor or the sheriff of a a county in a large metro area or you're uh, a criminal. You want to get away with things. Well, there's there's where you go. So I, I when I was driving, I was just thinking because I do the show, go to sleep, wake up, uh, catch a little bit afternoon, a flight to uh, to to Buffalo, get off the plane, drive by, go, go by Dad's house, say hi, say seen a little bit, and I go straight to my fiftieth high school anniversary happy hour on Friday. They had events, I guess, yesterday, and they have some during the day tomorrow, and then they have the big dinner on Saturday. I just, you know, I'm I'm going to the happy hour and seeing a few of my friends. Um, you know, I, I it's uh, I, I, oh, and seeing a few of my friends, so that'll be fun. But uh, I was I was thinking, just because of the Jason Aldean song, I was like, during my senior year, from because it was released just before September of '72, was Alice Cooper's "Schools Out." School's been blown to pieces. I mean, no, the, the entire imagery of it, nobody cared. Everybody, so everybody. You graduated in 73? Three. Three? Yes. All right. Yeah. Here's your top songs of the year. You ready? Yeah, okay. 
All right. Uh, could it be I'm Falling in Love from the Spinners? It's not a bad song. No, I like the Spinners. Is, yeah. Spinners is a great band. Good song. Yeah. Uh, keep on trucking. Eddie Kendricks. Uh, Eddie Kendricks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. See if I can guess who the artist is. When you just give well, me this the, one, this one is easy. Give me the headline. Right. Long train running. Dubes. Yeah. Doobie Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Uh, and I had one of their live, maybe their only live album. That Lady, parts one and two. I never, no one ever calls it That Lady, parts one and two. They call it That Lady. Wow. The Isley Brothers. I was, oh, okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, wait yeah. a minute. Uh, yeah, another great, okay. another yeah. great band. Yeah, yeah. Just oh great man. Band. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Well, this one's simple too. Midnight train to Georgia. Uh, Gladys Knight in the pits. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Keep going. Keep going. See how much I remember my senior year. Song yesterday title. once more. Carpenters. There you go. Drift away. Dobie Gray. Yep. Uh, Diamond Girl. Uh, 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 Seals and Crofts. Yeah. I was... That was a huge album. I was standing outside their tour bus when they broke up, literally. Really? I, I I don't know if they got back together after that. I don't think they did. They were screaming at each other. They were pretty mellow dudes. Yeah, too. they were, they were in an argument. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was wow. about. They could both have been wrong or both have been right. I have no idea. Discuss, discussing the sex life maybe of a hummingbird <laughs> and they disagreed? Just... Well, uh, one of them actually didn't live in the States. He was living he was living outside the States. And someone told me that it, it was not a, a city that he lived in. He kind of lived out in a forest jungle type area. Wow. Like, okay. Um, right, continue. Yeah. Huh? Continue with the, right. my, my quiz. Uh, let's see here. I, I, I have to, nothing to... to... I have nothing in front. In fact, I'm looking at the Babylon Bee, so I have nothing in front of me. Yeah. As, you know, for uh, context at all. <laughs> if this one starts playing when you walk in, you need to turn around and walk out. Okay. Dueling Banjos. Oh, I forgot the name of the band who did it. Uh, it's, uh, well, it's Eric Weisberg. Oh, okay. I mean, it's from the movie. From the movie, yeah. But it, it became a thing. Dun, 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 Oh, no. You've talked about this one. Little Willie. The sweet. Yeah, sweet. Well, yeah, because I told you the other day that I had, because I, I had I had sat there and just went, all right, what was out in 72, 73? So yeah. I think I went to Pandora and was listening, and the sweet came on, and I just went, wow, that sort of was the beginning of glam then. Mm, yes. In, in a way. Sweet I mean, went sweet... on to, to become uh, 73, 74, 75 an influence for a lot of the glam bands, yeah. even into the 80s. And I was wondering, I, 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 my first thought was, were they inspired by the New York Dolls that were are, you know, doing that early? Yeah, and, and that, I didn't know. that yeah. would have been about the time, the beginning of New York Dolls and Kiss in yes. New York City. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Great point. Uh, let's right. see here. Um, well, okay, this is a different song than the one from the 80s. Photograph. Uh, uh, Ringo Starr. Yeah. Um, Crocodile Rock. Elton John. Yeah. Right place, wrong time. Dr. John. Yes. Not related to Elton John, by the way. <laughs> uh, let's get it on. Uh, uh, Marvin Gaye? Yep. Yeah. Okay. 
the nights the lights went out in Georgia. Uh, Vicki Lawrence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe I know all these things. I know. Crazy, huh? <laughs> uh, paper Roses. Uh, Marie Osmond. Yeah. <laughs> I swear I have no list in front of me. Right. None. That's one thing I know, though, and I've done this for years. Uh, and, uh, well, I really, I'll be in a bar with a bunch of people and stuff will start coming up. And, like, I start answering songs and people look at me like, are you a damn encyclopedia? I just know all these songs, even songs I don't yeah. listen to. And, and one of the reasons is I was in music radio well, that's for the almost thing, a decade. That for those of us in music yeah. radio, just boom, it just pops up. Yeah. I, I'll just blurt things out when a song comes on, like at Home Depot. Even if no one's standing there, I just blurted out the facts about the song. Um, <laughs> uh, Half Breed. Uh, sure. Yeah. The lyrics of that. I know. Could that never, song be played never, today? No, never. <laughs> never. Not going to happen. Uh, Brother Louie. Oh, oh, Louie, 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 Louie. Oh, I just mm-hmm. can't think of the name. Oh. The Stories. The Stories, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, money. Pink Floyd? Yep. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if it was, I thought maybe there would have been another money, but that was Pink Floyd that year. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this will show you the crossover influence. Okay. Uh, we always talk about how back in the day, there was a, a, a wide array of, on Top 40 Radio, a wide, wide array of genres. It wasn't broken yeah. into genres. Behind Closed Doors. Uh, Charlie Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, no, that's a great point. I mean, that that lasted all the way through the 80s. I remember being at, a, when I worked at a Top 40 rock station, we were playing Alabama. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I remember it was, uh, uh, we actually spot, we were a rock station and sponsored. The, now, this was in northern Florida, though. A little mm-hmm. bit different than maybe if I was, you know, in a northeastern city. We sponsored a Merle Haggard concert. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what, we weren't, a, and we were not a country station. Uh, also in that year, uh, the song Hellraiser, to go from one extreme to the other, Hellraiser, also by Sweet. Wow, wow, okay, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see wow. here. I almost said Ronnie James Dio. I'm like, yeah. You, yeah, I don't think he hit the charts. No, <laughs> uh, I don't even think he was with Elf yet. I don't think. Now, he, he was doing, you know, he kind of did some... Some uh, doo-wop music early on. Isn't I mean, Co- very early. He wasn't known for it. Isn't early. Kodachrome on the list? Because that was the other so- anti-school song, because that was when I look back on all the crap I learned in high school, and I was a senior. And yeah. I, re- I, re- I when I hear that song, I remember I had just graduated. We had played in a softball game with for a team that I played softball with, and we were heading uh, back from the softball game. Don't know where we were heading, but I remember that song came on, and all I thought was, I'm done, <laughs> you know, and, and but that song had come out earlier. I think it came uh, out like May, April or May of that year. Was was it seventy three that it came out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it's I maybe I'm missing it. So so the other tune when I was a little boy when I was a little boy uh, that also song yeah. also came out. There. I can't think of the name of the tune though. Uh, let's see by here. Paul Simon. Yeah, because uh, they had broken up by that time. No Loggins and Messina. Cause like, yeah, this I, I, I this probably isn't the complete list. Okay. Yeah. Because your mean, mama don't that. dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. You are the sunshine of my life, Stevie Wonder. Uh huh. Yeah. It's amazing because we did we, we did not. This is not like we planned this or I even thought about it. Now that you just brought it up, I'm just going in my m- music encyclopedia. Seventy three, seventy three, seventy three, seventy three. Right. Uh here I am. 
Al Green. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Desperado. Eagles. Yeah. Wow, that's 73? Yeah, yeah. See, I wouldn't have thought that. That would, that would have, I was thinking probably was 74 or 75. Right. But, uh, yeah. My memory's going. Crazy. So Crazy. I'm, I'm prepared uh, for the reunion. Over can, the hills and far away. Um, a, a Zeppelin. Yeah, and still people didn't know, they didn't know what to do with that band, uh, even in 73. I mean, they were taken <laughs> off, but it was, I watched a documentary where it was like early, early, early. And they were playing in this small, looked like a school gymnasium. It was all adults. It wasn't kids. And the kids didn't know, or the, the listeners didn't know, the adults watching them didn't know what to do with them. It was like they weren't even bobbing their head or doing anything to the beat. They were just looking at them. Yeah. Wasn't there a couple of Helen Reddy songs in my senior year, too? I just, I probably, for some yeah. reason, I remember Helen Yeah, Reddy. probably, yeah. <laughs> Ruby Red Dress. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. I thought that was my senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know in the summer of 72, 72, going into my senior year, I remember that because uh, this would be set. It would be a 72 song, though, was uh, Rocket Man, Elton John. Yeah, that was going into my seat. That was all the time. And then I think late 72 is when Crocodile Rock came out. And the funny thing is, I just remember that because it when as soon as I hear those songs, it puts me in a particular place. I know exactly. that's the one thing over the last probably eight or nine years, because I really don't listen a lot to <laughs> half century old oldies. I just don't. Uh, yeah. but, but, you know, and it just, because I've always just advanced in, in, in music, it's just, I, you know, find interesting, but in the last probably five to eight years is when I'll hear songs and there's, everything's a sweet memory. None of it's like sad nostalgia. It's like, yeah. Oh man. So Kodachrome and loves me like a rock. Yes. We're on yes. the, uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I went to billboard, uh, uh, for that, for that year, both of them. Okay. From Paul yeah. Simon. Yeah. Wow. Loves me like a rock was one of my favorite songs when I was a kid. when I was a kid. I just loved that song. It's a very well produced song. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, the vocals in it are the vocals, very well. The produced. harmonizing, yes, just, yeah, very it's great. Well. All right, so uh, there you go. A look. If you're saying, "What the hell are they doing? Is this Red Eye Radio?" It's my 50th high school reunion yeah. this weekend. So, so, so that's why going back. So I guess they're going to have music. I guess they'll have probably some music playing in the background. I mean, it's a very cool list. You know, somebody just needs a Bluetooth speaker and streaming yeah. uh, from a phone. Yeah, you're right. Pretty simple. Not hard. Eight six six ninety red eye On a hot summer day, the last thing you want to feel is a blast of warm air when you turn on your air conditioning. A malfunctioning AC system will leave you uncomfortably shifting in your seat, not to mention it can affect the safety and performance of your entire vehicle and your productivity. Keep your AC system running smooth and your deliveries on schedule this summer with the following maintenance tip. Make sure the condenser on the front of your cab is clean and double check that your compressor belt is tight and in good condition. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there... Don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. And we can't forget Carly Simon, You're So Vain, Roberta Flack, Killing Me Softly, uh, Bad Bad Leroy Brown, Jim Croce, and then the number one song of 73, My Year of Graduate from High School. Tie a yellow a ribbon, ribbon. Yep. round the old oak yeah. tree. Uh, Tony Orlando and Don. But you cannot forget the worst song of my senior year. Mm. The absolute worst song, one of the worst songs ever made. Yeah. Clint Holmes' Playground in My Mind. <laughs> that was, according to Billboard, number 12 for the year. Is it really? Number 12 on the Billboard list for that year. My name is Michael. Yeah. I got a nickel. And Clint Holmes went on to have a Vegas career. Where's he from? Where? Buffalo. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome to a uh, uh, a Friday. So, yeah. Yeah. Happy Friday. Yeah. So I'm like I said, I'm going to day one, just uh, the happy hour of the reunion. And it's interesting how a lot of people look back 
you know, with such sad nostalgia. You know, yeah. there's there's yeah. some people like me that look and go, okay, I can go see some of my friends. Yeah, I right. don't long for my high school years at all. No, I don't. No. I don't really long for anything in the past. I just wasn't. I, that's not my makeup. I'd like and, to. I, I I do. Uh, I, I I do long for the years when I could wake up and didn't feel pain. <laughs> uh, that, well, I've, I've, those years I, I've I've often stated in this uh, and, and uh, I'll, I'll, I've said it to my nephew and even my great nephew and they go really they go do you wish you were younger I go absolutely not no well, what age no. do you wish you what age do you actually wish that you that you were and I said no it's R because I love my life right now mm-hmm. uh, and so and I want you guys are doomed yeah. So, <laughs> I don't want to be around that long. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't want to be like the, the pastor when we were in elementary school, my brother and I, and our, our pastor, the Monsignor, had this great booming voice, but he was old, and he said, I can't wait to die. This world's all screwed up. And he said it in church, and it was all the elementary school students at church before class. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and And so did it scare us? My brother and I were laughing in the pews. I mean, we were laughing. Yeah, we that's looked, actually pretty funny. Yeah, we, were like, we, we, found, we found the humor I in it. I can't like, wait to like, die. He said, I can't wait to die. It's like, this world is so messed up. Yeah. And it's like, it wasn't an adult audience. It was all kids. And well, there was a scene from the show 1883, which is a prequel for Yellowstone. And Sam Elliott, I, I get the line wrong every time. I'm not even close to the line, but it's something, you know, he was in a sad state of affairs or something. He's in a bar, you know, and he was like, you know, this guy starts a fight with him and he just stands up, you know, Sam Elliott's voice, you know, and he's he's like uh, something to the effect of, I came here to end it tonight. You going to be my reason? <laughs> you know, and then the guy just looks at him and walks away with his eyes real big, you know, so I can imagine <laughs> I just uh, I can't wait to die. Uh, yeah. I, I don't regret any parts of my life at all. Yeah. But I don't wish to go back. Yeah. And right. and I really don't have any I have as I said when we're talking about music I'll hear songs and it'll bring me back to a moment and I go I remember that moment that moment was cool. Yeah. Right. But I don't want to go back to high school and there're actually people that I went to high school with and you know especially as we get closer uh to the reunion it was the best days of my life, mm-hmm. and I wish I could go back there. And I'm just like, eh, really? I wouldn't want to be in no, that. No, I wouldn't want no, to be in that mind. But no, I never look back no. for anything. It's all, uh, it's all. What am I doing now? What am I doing now? What am I doing now? How fun is today going to be? The things I'm going to uh, do. I will agree with you. That's the that's the one thing is <laughs> the pain in my joints that yeah. is constantly there. And is never going to go away, no matter what I do. Well, it's all, it, yeah, uh, it's all. Th- thank goodness for OTC uh, pain relievers yes. and <laughs> and also the ability to still move around, which also helps. And warm weather. <laughs> Everybody yes. complains about the heat, but that's actually good for my arthritis. Um, this is, you know, the if you look at it at adolescence, it, it really is natural for kids to say. I can't wait to get out of high school and get on with my life. My oldest granddaughter moved out of her mom's home a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was while we were on vacation. And she moved in with another relative. She's renting a room. She wants to pay mm-hmm. for her own way and start setting up 
you know, the expectation, expectations for herself. She's already got a year of college behind her. Uh, she graduated uh, technically last December, walked the stage uh, in uh, May, actually on Memorial Day, and then has already started her college, and she's now already got a year behind her. And, and it's natural for adolescents to want to put those years, for any of us at that age, to want to put those years behind us. Because it's not that you're wanting to get past those years because there's something wrong with the years. No. It's that you're trying to gain your independence. That's yeah. natural to want to leave the nest, to want yeah. to gain that independence. And that's where I think a lot of people are at that age and 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 should be. That's what you want to do. You want to go, you know, you're looking to uh, get your wings, uh, Aerosmith. And the whole idea, <laughs> if we're going to talk about music. Uh, now, and, Dream On was 74. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh I think the original was the original release was seventy three. I think okay, it was yeah. a hit in seventy four. Yeah, uh, they. Uh, I know because I and was it a, came I'm, back yeah. in what was it seventy eight or seventy nine? Yeah, and and anyway, but, but the <laughs> well, I think the search for for, for me, I it was, and we talk about this a lot. We we in in just the general description mm. of of where where we believe in a free society, you know, you should judge people and what you should, what your goal should be. And that should be autonomy. Yeah, I wanted to right. be autonomous. I wanted to be, I didn't, when, when I was in high school, I wasn't part of any group. Right. And, you know, you can see high school movies, the, the, the rejected kid that wasn't part of any group and how sad because all the groups are there and you're not part of a group. Uh, and probably my buddy, Jeff, would say the same thing. Now he was a year behind me, but we weren't in any group, but we were happy to be not be in any group. We didn't want to be in any group. Yeah. We really didn't. It was like, okay, you know, do we know that some of them look, you know, the big jocks, you come walking down the hallway and they look at you and you're like, okay, I'm not in that group. It's like, nah, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> right. I really, there was a, there was a stuff. When I was in high school there, I had a stubbornness that of course was a teenage uh, stubbornness and man, anti-authority, but not anti-authority where it came to the fact of because I knew what was going on. You knew in high school what was going on, for example, in Vietnam and all all that. But I understood clearly, you know, the difference. You know, I was never one of those kids in high school that would embrace what other kids were embracing. Well, you know, there's no difference between communism and a you know, never bought into that because my father, very young, had instructed us and had us read the Constitution. And we knew about the so we knew the makeup of the country. We knew why my dad specifically told me, I remember, told me this is what communism is. This is the Constitution of the United States. Yeah, this is a constitutional republic separation of powers. I probably knew at nine or ten years old. Now, I was in Cub Scouts. Mm -hmm. So you dealt with that stuff. Yeah. And when I got into Boy Scouts at 11 years of age, you knew it. You took, you know, one of the merit badges, you know, citizenship. Mm -hmm. You know, you took citizenship. And so uh, it was, you know, what the Constitution is about. I clearly knew it. So I was, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, I hated authority. But really, if it was a teacher, it was more of the dictatorial authority Well, <laughs> that, I, that, that, I, know, that I rebelled against. I, I rebelled uh, not that I didn't rebel in, in certain ways, like all kids against, you know, 
your parents. You don't want to clean your room. You don't want to, you know, oh, do, yeah, that, yeah. do your chores, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I rebelled because I saw my dad as authority. And I think something, it, there, it, it wasn't just that he was my father, but it was that, it, and anybody else aside from my mom and dad trying to teach me something, I rejected. Which isn't the right thing to do. You need to be able to embrace an educational process. And, you know, it's but I I remember that because I because that was it. You know, we were very close. We lived on Air Force bases. Uh, My dad was uh, ended up being the chief of police on a a large Air Force base in, in Texas. And so I saw that as well. Not only is he the authority here in the household, he's the he's the authority over the entire base, which wasn't true because we had a wing commander. But the the entire thing, that process of school, once I realized how to break the ice, which was through comedy and it, telling jokes, uh, mm-hmm. being a clown. Um, and those are the things where, all right. And then a couple of teachers along the way kind of embraced that. And they were like, well, get up here and tell some jokes while I'm grading papers. And, you know. They understood that, but they also understood, I, I know now, I realize now, that you, you wanted to create that in your mind, that, that, that ease of that relationship between a student and, and a teacher, because you reject that authority, you know, naturally. And then, ultimately, there needs to be that connection with that, mm-hmm. whoever that educator is. You know, I, I think you brought up a, a, a great point when you talked about the fact that, you know, we, you might have rejected authority uh, I know one of the things that, and I think probably it's part of being a, a, a teenager, is you you don't see where anything that you're being taught is directly involved with what you're interested in and what might your goals might be. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not an adult yet. You don't understand that you need to build a base yeah. of education, a general base of education, to to do anything. You're just not that mature at that point. You can have your dreams, but a lot of your rebelliousness, as mine was, or or stubbornness, was just based on the fact of probably impatience. You you wanted you wanted to be able to do the things you wanted to do without having the discipline to build the base that you need to do the base of education, the base of experience to do actually what you wanted to do. And yeah. I was always surprised when I was younger how much work that you had to do to actually accomplish what you wanted to and that work I didn't like but I think that's natural for anybody no who's, that, who's, that's it you, you know don't who, want to who's, do the hard stuff right, right is uh, yeah. the, the hard stuff and so a lot of things uh, I had thought even into my even into my college years when you would dabble in college radio and things like that and just have fun you i i never really recognized how much work you actually have to put in yeah to do right. radio because you viewed it as so much fun yeah and the thing that never really came across was how disciplined you had you know had to be if you were really going to be good at it the wealth of knowledge that you would have to require the studying that you would have to do and for me, that was part of when I went from music radio to talk radio. And I would have been at that point in my younger 30s. 
I still rejected it because I realized what a monstrous job it was going to be and how much homework I was going to have to do if I didn't want to be embarrassed by one of my listeners telling me, you know, you're full of manure. You have no idea what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because there was a certain amount of shame that came with that. And there was always that fight with me. You know, I didn't want to deal with the shame, but the work was so hard, (laughs) you know, to, to get to that point of not having the shame. Now, what I realize is, what a waste of time. I should have just forgot about the homework and the studying. Look at the people that lead the country. Oh, yeah. No, you can make it up as you go along now. <laughs> you know, now, back then, we couldn't get away with that. Right. Today, you can, I mean, apparently. It, it, it's just like, now, it's like they're throwing out stuff. It's like, you don't have no the, clue the as problem, to how the world really works. The problem is, is if you're going to do that, though, then you have to support people like Bernie and Joe Biden. And if you're going to be delusional in today's world, <laughs> then you just have to be a liberal. <laughs> but you can be delusional if you want to yeah. and not yeah. do your homework. Um so I mean, it's, it's so I, I look back at it, and it's such a it's such a growing process. And I think there's one thing that when you get to this point in life, where you know your base morality is down, and you've yeah. done all the homework, you know, it's the Dave, David Lee Roth thirty thousand hour thing. Well, that's Once it. You've done it for thirty thousand hours, which is why, again, getting back right. full circle is why I like being at this age is because yes. I can't replace this experience. You can't, and no, you I can't. would not want yep. to. Eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. America starts the day with America in the morning. Pending home sales numbers, they tanked in April, but there are. Hi, I'm John Trout, your host for the latest news, politics, entertainment, business, and weather. Octane action in the dust, a new film puts. Our staff of correspondents provide a fast paced look at the world with specialized reports from where news happens. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Amazon. Concise, accurate, and fresh each day. America in the morning, the podcast, available wherever you listen. Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the top of the hour, wow, what a day it was yesterday. Yeah. The, uh, the uh, FD23. No, FD1023. I'm, I'm confusing that with my new phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The new <laughs> Samsung FD1023. <laughs> uh, but that the came tell-all out, phone. <laughs> that, 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 that came out yesterday, and, and, you're, and I was wondering, why did it come out right after the testimony? Ooh, there's been a couple of explanations and speculation about why it did. Right. And that's just, uh, that's fascinating. And now you've got some Republicans calling for impeachment. I guess the Washington Post didn't cover the story at all mm. yesterday. Right, yeah. They didn't cover it at, at right. all. Right, And it's like, think about that. Is there a story that we've ever ignored? 
No, no. Uh, and it's such a massive story about the current president. Yeah. It's not going to stop. Well, I mean, do, do they actually think if we don't print this in the Washington Post, then nobody's going to know about where, it? Where is the effort even by the Washington Post to, I don't know, um, go after the whistleblowers yeah, I, or they, to destroy the whole thing even? They can't. They it's can't. too tough. Exactly. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. <laughs> I'm sorry, just as I told you before, I just was uh, scanning the Babylon Bee and <laughs> may have... It's going to be some of the best group of headlines ever. Yeah. <laughs> just just the, the number that they have that are just right on. Being against crime added to the list of things that are racist. Yeah. <laughs> As we had stated uh, 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 earlier, uh, Trump indicted for murder of Tupac. <laughs> Somebody posted that today. Oh, I can't remember their comment. But they uh, retweeted that today, and it was the the comment was funny. Something to the effect of, "Yeah, wait for it." <laughs> but my two favorites: <laughs> journalists call Amber Alerts a QAnon adjacent conspiracy, mm-hmm. and finally, mass panic as Jim Cramer predicts. Giant bug mutants no, okay. will not attack Earth yeah. next Tuesday yeah. at two seventeen p.m. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, whatever he predicts, you it's need the to opposite. plan for the opposite. <laughs> but journalists call Amber Alerts a QAnon adjacent conspiracy. Oh, that's yes. fantastic! <laughs> Those are just ah. Uh... Yeah, and, um, and and again, I, you know, I I initially, you know, I I think about it because I was such a fan of Mad Magazine as a kid, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> and that's the funny thing. <laughs> I still have that Mad Magazine <laughs> mindset, and the Babylon Bee helps <laughs> yeah. helps to soothe <laughs> that urge for those kind of uh, 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 headlines. But just I, and I just sit and think. Boy, and I'm I'm more looking back towards Mad Magazine. Everybody's sitting in you know in a room smoking cigarettes and probably drinking. Mm. <laughs> what kind of comedy can we come up with now? Babylon B is a Christian parody site, so probably not the same imagery. Yeah, well, no, but still, just sitting around, and, and I, I thought about this because uh, uh, they asked Seinfeld. What was the best thing about doing your show? And he said, writing with Larry David. Mm-hmm. The writing part of it is the best. 
He said, not that the other parts aren't great and, you know, watching great actors, you know, do it and it come to completion isn't great. He said, but the laughter of writing. Yeah. Was the right. laughter of writing the things that we would come up with. You know what he said? His The the favorite one was ever that they wrote because mm. they wrote it last minute was George pulling out the golf ball. Remember Kramer? Remember mm. George became the, you know, was it the uh, marine biologist? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he went out to save the whale and he pulls the golf ball out of the blowhole. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, they had not tied those two together until the night before. They had the show written, but they never tied in that, you know, hey, let's take Kramer's golf. Let's take Kramer's golfing when he's hitting the balls out into the ocean. And that's why the whale was suffering. And you take the golf ball out. And that speech that he gave, they wrote the night before and they were dying with laughter. Mm -hmm. And then they never ran through it. Jason Alexander, they said, you know, like that morning, here it is. Read it. First take. Boom. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so interesting day yesterday. The Biden bribe document coming out. Yeah, um you know, it's the best thing honestly and and if you think about uh Grassley releasing it, uh the approach by Comer and Grassley has been the same and that is, look, uh we're going to let the American people see this because it's important. But ultimately, what you're trying to do is, is build the greater political will to pursue this whole thing. We talked about that yesterday on the show after uh, the uh, the day of testimony by the whistleblowers. You want the truth to get out there. When the truth gets out there and more people learn it and realize what has happened, then there will be a greater political will for that truth to be pursued. And now you have a greater calling and let's see how far it goes uh, but and how loud it gets, but uh, the greater call for impeachment now. And I don't fully expect that to, to happen just yet, but I could be wrong. There could be a greater political will. You're not going to get anything done if it ultimately what you want, if you believe any president is compromised, you want them... Um, relief from their duties as soon as possible. You want them out of office. And until the Democrats get on board with it, and that's not going to be right now, then you're not going to have that chance of getting them removed because you need the Senate to do that. And the question is, is, you know, how much, how far does this go to build more political support, political will to pursue this whole thing? And what effect might it have on on the judge and the plea deal with Hunter Biden? You know, that's what it comes down to is that um, I there was talk not long after the indictments came down that the whole thing has been uh, that or might be delayed, not that it has been, but it might be delayed. The uh, the hearing on the on the plea deal. I haven't heard anything more on that. Have you? No, nothing. Yeah. And that was gaining traction. What about a week ago? Uh, yeah, I think it goes back even further, maybe. But yeah, it it it. You know, I don't. But I don't know where. Again, I don't know um, where that stands. Uh, ultimately, again, 
you look at that, everybody calls it a sweetheart deal. It's a bogus deal. The plea deal is a bogus deal. Nobody gets that deal. Nobody gets that deal. No, nobody does. Especially I, I, with, yeah. you, with learning that, look, he went out of his way not to pay his taxes. And by the way, that was reiterated by Comer yesterday. You mm-hmm. said you need to know that he did not pay and they're not going to require him to pay. And and he said millions of dollars. Yeah. Or he goes, no, excuse me, taxes on millions of dollars. And we said yesterday, you can't win it. How quiet. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about the Washington Post. There was actually a story, I think it was in Drudge. <laughs> you know, die in darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they hoping the story will die in darkness. Is that the meaning of it? Yeah, right. Exactly. Because uh, 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 saying that the Washington Post didn't cover it uh, at all. There's a reason. You know, they, uh, the, the media, for example, the mainstream media was covering yesterday Robert Kennedy Jr. Because yeah. they believe, they believe he's flawed and they can defeat his argument because of his conspiracy theories or whatever. Whatever legit points he makes, it doesn't matter. They believe he is tainted, and and so they will attack it. The media is quiet, the mainstream media, when they feel they can't attack it, so they just yeah, ignore yeah. it right. or just deny, as you see the Democrats, well, there's just nothing here. Yeah, You know, you heard that from some Democrats after the hearing of the whistleblowers. Well, you presented absolutely nothing. It's like, where, what, are you, what are you paying attention to? And so it's the ultimate of just completely deny that reality exists. And yeah. we know that this administration are experts at gaslighting. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Everybody right. knows. And that's where when the Democrats who said that yesterday, they know they're lying. They know that everybody knows that they're lying. <laughs> and everybody knows that they know that they're lying. But they say it anyway. And they say it with a certain arrogance and confidence. And like, what? What are you doing? There's nothing here at all. When, of course, there is. I want to read a couple of paragraphs here. Margot Cleveland's column in The Federalist. Yeah. Which really hit it because uh, one of the things is, okay, where does where does this go? You know, where does this go from here? And why did they release it at that time? You know, you know, the day after the whistleblowers, the FD-1023. Uh, While some of the information included, she writes, in the FD-23 has already been revealed by members of the House who previously reviewed the summary of the confidential human sources reporting, the public release provides new explosive details relating to the firing of the Ukrainian prosecutor. Among the... Uh, the confidential human sources conversation, I'm just going to say source, among the sources conversations with Burisma owner, uh, Mikola Sloshevsky, one took place shortly after Joe Biden made his first public statement about Shokin being corrupt. At the time, according to the source, Shokin was investigating Burisma, and Sloshevsky told the source that Hunter will take care of all those issues through his dad. That's a quote. Mm. Then following Trump's election in 2016, the source spoke again with the president of Burisma, who expressed dissatisfaction with Trump's victory, but noted that Shokin had already been fired and no investigation was currently going on. The president's statement of, of Burisma proved significant because Joe Biden had long claimed 
He pushed for Shokin's firing because Shokin was not investigating Burisma, which is the exact opposite of the details summarized in the FD-1023. Beyond putting the already known details in black and white for the public to read, such as the president's of Burisma's representation, that he had 17 recordings of the Bidens and had never paid the big guy directly, the re- release of the 10, uh, excuse me, the FD-1023 FD is significant for another reason. The American public now knows the many details the FBI could have and should have investigated. For instance, did Burisma or any other related entity purchase a Texas-based oil and gas company for approximately 20 to $30 million during the relevant time period? Were the source and his business partner in Kiev in 2015 and 2016 time period? Did the source's U.S. business partner confirm the details of the meeting? And it just goes on to everything to talk about, you know, what, uh, you know, what, you know, what possibly could come out of this now. And they said the re- public release of the FD 1023 is significant now for a third reason. And this is where I said, okay, this is why they did it. It comes at the heels of the IRS whistleblower's testimony Wednesday before the House Oversight Committee that suggested that the sources, the confidential human sources reporting, corroborates other evidence. During Wednesday's hours-long hearing, the IRS whistleblowers told lawmakers they had never seen the FD-1023. Significantly, Ziegler then stated, There's things that are contained on that document that could further corroborate other information that we might be having an issue corroborating because it could be regarding a foreign official. So if we have information regarding that in the document or witness, we can further corroborate later evidence. But because federal law prohibits the discussion of confidential taxpayers' information other than through specific procedures, Ziegler did not detail what, if any, information they may have discovered during their investigation into Hunter Biden. Instead, Ziegler said, if that's something we have, we can turn it over to the House Ways and Means Committee. The testimony suggests that the IRS investigation likely uncovered evidence that the FD-1023 also did. That they jive together yeah. with that form now public. Both Ziegler and Shapley can study it and assess what documentary material, such as wire transfer reports, they uncovered that is now corroborated. However, that evidence will have to go to the House Ways and Means Committee before it is made public. So that is that why they did it? You're trying to tie in everything together. Right. That's really interesting. When you go through it and read it, it's, you well, know, when you use the president. Yeah. <laughs> Shlosevsky, I mean, he just pounds on Hunter Biden because the source is asking him. You don't need him. Hmm. You know, you can go other places like, nah, we do need him in that spot because we need his father. Right. We need to get what his father can give us. I mean, it's so incredibly blunt. And it's like, you know, and then they were talking about, you know, talking to other people also because Hunter's really stupid. They need him there. In fact, the part of Hunter being stupid is the fact that we don't need Hunter. 
We need his father. Well, Hunter think, is stupid. Uh, and I would think uh, Hunter's ignorance or lack of critical thinking skills create a an opportunity for them if they're trying to get to his dad. You want the stupid kid. So it's easier to get to the father. He's going to be your lapdog a lot easier. Because the the, 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 pre, the source was talking to the Burisma president because right. he wanted his help. Right. right. And so here it is. The source then asked why Burisma needed his assistance with the acquisition of a U.S. energy company, given Hunter Biden's involvement, prompted uh, the other executive to concede that the younger Biden's limited intelligence meant he was of little value outside of the influence he could exercise over his father. Bingo. And they have that in quotes. It's the, basically they're saying, the only reason we need him is is to get access to his dad. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Least owner operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth one, concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth two, more revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth three, all you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth four, you can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Another thing that uh, happened yesterday today was uh, Republicans. I mean, it was a busy day yesterday. Uh, Republicans now are demanding that the White House clarify their position uh, because what they said is the White House is now, as if it all of a sudden magically changed, that the president was never involved in his son's business dealings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That's a change. The official position of the White House is the president did not know. He didn't know. About his son's dealings. That has been repeated over and over again. You need to clarify, has your position changed? The the media won't ask the questions, so the Republicans are demanding. Well, and we've said this absolute lockout of, I didn't know a thing was garbage. First of all, it was garbage because it was a lie. But politically, if you're going to spin something, 
well, I know my son was involved in businesses. I was not involved in that, so I I can't tell you the details of anything that, that uh, he might have gone through in any of his business dealings. And you leave it at that. When you lock it out and say you know, you know nothing about it, inevitably that's going to fall. Show. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Sarah Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. I was just for later on. Uh, I was I was uh, trying to find the the audio of Biden yesterday and his word salad on the economy. Mm. So I quickly just went to Twitter and put in Bidenomics. <laughs> First thing that comes up. The president Burisma bribed ten million. <laughs> the arrow pointing to the Bidens, but then another arrow withheld one billion of U.S. aid, fired Ukrainian prosecutor. I mean, it's it's a whole circle. And it says this is Bidenomics. Yeah, that's <laughs> the first thing that I find. There you go. Because <laughs> he put together a word salad yesterday that was like, what? What are you? talking about yeah i i don't even know why they're they're i don't even know why they're trying to spend so much time on it i mean i guess it's the only thing you can do if you're you have to touch on the economy uh my thought is maybe not so much when you're talking about record inflation and prices still soaring core inflation is still relatively hot and people are dealing with that every day in their lives, maybe you're not bringing that up. And if you're going to, maybe you're not let Joe do it. You know, it's, I was reading something the other day and it was about the economy. And in my voice, I started hearing Joe Biden's voice trying to navigate what I was reading. And I thought, man, this is why you, you don't put him out there. Because he's really not good at it. And the reason is, is because he doesn't really have a conviction. There really is no conviction. Um, you know, this administration is all about punishing profits, uh, just like it was when he was vice president. The Obama administration wants to go out and kill industry. They're trying to kill the oil and gas industry. Uh, More moves on that yesterday. Uh, They're trying to do everything they can to kill manufacturing. Um, Own it. It's bad for the climate. Well, I mean, you know, you and you and I talked about this the other day. You said, you know, what it, what is actually, you know, what is Bidenomics, and it's and and it's what he promotes every day. I mean, the word salad yesterday, and we'll we'll find it. I wasn't going to talk about it now. It just happened. I was searching for it, and that came up. So I figured we would just mention it very briefly. But uh, he's talking about 
trickle down, and I don't like trickle down. And even though I'm a capitalist, uh, trickle down the middle class uh, is what makes yeah. the middle class and the. I mean, it's just a bunch. It's it's like the bits and pieces of the rhetoric that we have heard for the last forty years from Democrats and and throw in trickle down, but none of it made sense. It was just. He's just throwing in bits and pieces of phrases that have been said for the longest time. How many people in society today, rank and file, even remember trickle down? They don't. I don't know why they're using it. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, it's a great point. And, you know, again, uh, if you're going to be full on about, you know, the climate change, the whole thing, then just come out and own it. We don't want anybody making profits. We don't want the economy to, to, uh, to do well. We want the government taking over the key portions of the economy, which is exactly what they're trying to get to. Because it's very easy what Bidenomics is by what they have shown us. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's not sarcasm. It's the reality of what they believe makes an economy go. Yeah. And it's... We take because really the the they're looking at uh, you think about it the auto manufacturers and energy hmm. and we know what's going on with the mortgage market but if you look at automobiles and you look at energy and you're talking about what drives the entire economy yeah and what they want to do is they want to tell you what products to buy that aren't affordable to the average consumer that the consumer is not asking for and that these companies producing that product cannot make any money even with taxpayer subsidies. Yeah. That's what Bidenomics is. Mm -hmm. And it's not sarcasm. It's not, it's not partisanship. It's what they're promoting every day. Yep. Well, no, I mean, again, uh, I I don't know why they hesitate in 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 what they actually want, in promoting what they actually want. Own it. Come out and own it. There's no conviction when he's talking about the economy, none whatsoever. I don't know if there's any conviction for anything in him anymore. I don't know if he ever had any conviction except for challenging people. Oh, my gosh. The um, the video of him bragging about his education years ago to the reporter. I'm smarter than you, Jack. <laughs> Did he really say that? <laughs> it was, it's been, I don't know why, but but it's just been viral on social media all over again. But that's who he is. It's his ego. It really is his ego. And, you know, the whole idea of, of uh, you know, him having conviction about anything, when you're a wholly dishonest person. Find it here. All right. Yeah, it's just I had some problems here. All right. So, yeah, it's, but it's just, well, I'll, I'll, here it is. I'll, I've got the, well, I'm not going to play the audio. I'm just going to tell you the quote. Here it is. Hmm. 
I often say, and I mean this sincerely, Wall Street, good folks down there, but they didn't build the middle class. They didn't build America. The middle class was built by the middle class. I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Then he uh, said, he told uh, the union members there, but he's a capitalist that doesn't believe in trickle-down policies. Mm. I watched my dad growing up, and not a whole lot of benefit trickled down in his kitchen table as a consequence of trickle-down economics. Then he said, to what everyone from Financial Times or Wall Street Journal has become my change, my different philosophy. They, I don't think, they started off trying to be complimentary because they started calling it Bidenomics, and our plan is working Bidenomics. It's not immediately clear what the president intended to say. It's completely incoherent. Yeah. Yeah. Just rambling. Yeah, it's it's completely rambling. Will mean, he just... ever be able to do another interview ever again? I mean, are and, we getting to the point where he just can't, you put him out there to make a statement, it's going to be rambling, it's going to be garbage, but then you get him off the stage and then he's done. I don't know how you get him through a debate season. I'm very curious about that. And that debate season is well over a year away. Yeah. It, it It's not going to be good. Yeah. I mean, he can do an interview with the liberal media who know that he's going to do softball questions. Well, and they're going to have to highly edit it. Right. There's no way you can't get through it without editing it. Or, or you can get through it without editing. There's just no way. You're going to have to edit it down to nothing. Because you have a moment like that, you're going to leave that in the interview? Now, if it's Kamala Harris, you only get that. So there's, <laughs> if you edit everything out, you have nothing. I mean, what a duo this is. They're so incoherent. Both of them. Yeah. He's old. And think about the... She's just incompetent. Think about... And and Trump said stupid things. Trump would say things you go, what? Yeah, but right. Trump was Einstein compared to this. Oh, by far. By far. Yeah. Or at times Trump didn't have complete senses and fully explained something, which we criticized him about because then the liberals would finish his sentence for him. Well, we said that sometimes he was too accessible to a fault. <laughs> yeah. Right. He would stand at Marine One and take questions all day. <laughs> You know, why is everybody leaving? Well, sir, it's midnight. Um, it's time for us to go home now. You've been here for hours answering questions. No, but he would he would talk to the media and had no issues talking to the media. 
Biden just doesn't seem to know where he is. Or what he's saying. Yeah, it's bad right now. No, it's I mean, it's it, and it's not going to get it's not going to get any better. And they and, you know, for here's the interesting thing. He is very limited. And you saw, you know, with the is the uh, Israeli president. Mm-hmm. Did you see the was it Israeli president where he was talking? He had his head down or the yeah. prime minister. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. The president. It's like he's got his head down. And he's just blah, 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 blah. You're not even looking at him. No. It's like he's having it's like, is he asleep? Is he awake? I didn't even see his mouth moving. It was far away. I'm like, I can't see his mouth moving. Are they just, are they just inserting? De- is that is that Biden artificial intelligence? <laughs> He's actually asleep. Just play some audio of him saying something from two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And he was mumbling. And I know uh, Kirby was on Fox News, and the anchor said, "What's he saying? We do you really want to put a president out there?" When he's mumbling like that, and Kirby goes, I understand exactly what he's saying. It was like, wow. He's, yeah. Okay, he's, could, you, and, could and you tell us? And he's completely and totally clear. And I'm burst out laughing going, yeah. oh, my God. It's like the on, the on the job application must be able to gaslight. Yeah. And gaslight like you've never gaslighted before. We're not talking lies. We're talking you got to lie when everybody knows that you're lying. You know you're lying. They know you're lying. You know that they know that you're lying. They know that you know that you're lying. And you need to do it with a certain arrogance and confidence and dismissiveness like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Sort of like after the whistleblowers yesterday and the Democrats out there. I really think this is our strategy. Just deny anything is happening. That there's nothing out there. Yeah. Which is... We spent an hour. We spent four hours here. There wasn't one one bit of evidence, not one. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and everybody knows they're gaslighting, and they just continue it. We live in fascinating times. We really, really do. Yeah. All the while, his own party, the Democrats, just made it worse in their questioning. Oh yeah. Yeah. On the testimony. Yeah. Goldman was out there again. I think yesterday trying to rehabilitate himself. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know what? That's when you don't come back out. You don't yep. don't come back out and try and repair that. Yeah, you you broke it. Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety red eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, the I word came up yesterday: impeachment. We'll mm. get on, on uh, about Biden. So we'll get to uh, uh, that. And Republicans demand answers on the shifting White House message on uh, Biden's role in Hunter's uh, business. That was really interesting. And I thought one of the top stories yesterday was the fact that the New York Post story that the FBI told Twitter that the Hunter Biden laptop was real on day one. Yeah. So when they censored it, Twitter knew it was real. Yep. Twitter yeah. knew from the FBI that it was real. Yep. So we now know that the FBI knew it was real. They told Twitter it was real. They never publicly came out and stated that. No. 
No, I mean, look, we know it's a cover-up. We know with social media uh, that the FBI was weaponized. What I'd like to know is how many other items we know about the Hunter laptop thing. How many times did the FBI reach out to, over the years, social media and say, hey, shut this down or shut that down? Anything and everything. Uh, I'm still wondering, did the FBI just have offices set up at Twitter? It seems like with so many former FBI officials working at Twitter, that seemed to be the case. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So later on today, I'm going to just the happy hour for my 50th high school anniversary. All you care and about is the alcohol. Not the people. Well, you do have to, you do, <laughs> you do have to pay, uh, I got to pay something at the door, but it's not an open bar. Then why are you going? <laughs> What's the point? Well, the, the thing. Are you going to be talking to these people sober? You know, you know where they're holding it on the actually on the municipal golf course that I grew up on. Oh, and there's a golf dome there. They got a golf dome, and there's a restaurant inside the golf dome. People don't now, know you were raised by a pack of wild golfers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Actually, my father never golfed. It was uh, mm-hmm. golfing came from my buddy Jeff. He golfed. His father golfed, and so I golfed because he did. Um, but it's the uh, I've already been to the the that the indoor driving range I went to when I was back in February and March, and they closed that down. The indoor driving range is actually closed. I think they do activities like they may do sports inside there during it, but they open up the outdoor one. But the restaurant inside the golf dome. Is still open. They got a patio. We're actually having it at the. So for me, it's like, well, okay, I'll stop by Dad's house, mm-hmm. uh, pick up my clubs. I live, I live some clubs at my Dad's house. So the last thing you want know, to do is travel with golf clubs, and uh, go down to the outdoor range, hit a couple of golf balls, <laughs> and then go go into the uh, the reunion. But I also have my family reunion too this weekend. Our yearly family reunion, and I definitely want to go to that because uh, last year, I don't know if people remember when I went back for it, and I definitely wanted to go back and uh, you know, for that because I don't know how many, you know, my father and my aunts that are still alive will be able to be at. So last year I wanted to go. My father got COVID; he couldn't go. Hmm. So I had to go. I ended up staying in a hotel that weekend when I was home, and. Um, I uh, had to go to the reunion, but everybody's alive. Everybody made it another year, so uh, my dad's going to go this year for, for that, too. Uh, but uh, we were talking about, you know, just getting older. I have everything I want, and it was completely 
everything came to total completion when I got my new phone. Mm -hmm. Because now I don't have to wait for any information. Mm -hmm. The 5G is amazing. Yeah, everything in my life. Mm -hmm. The uh, the uh, the engineer came in and fixed my computer. Well, partially, but yes. Partially have right. Yeah. Partially has fixed has fixed my computer. Mm-hmm. I've got that. I've got I've got this. Mm-hmm. I've got your chair and and this dog. I've got free <laughs> I've got free Wi Fi when I fly, and I've been flying on American ninety nine point nine percent of the time for the last you know twenty years. I don't remember I last time I took a flight besides American. They're the only only ones with direct flights to Buffalo. But my Wi-Fi is free because you're the one, I think, that got me on T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. And so Wi-Fi would be 19 bucks each way. Mm. And it's free with, you know, T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. So everywhere I go, and I'm sorry, my whole life is about information. Mm-hmm. And now I get it. I don't have to wait. At all. With 4G LTE, you still had to wait. Sometimes it wouldn't download the frustration of having to wait five seconds. Sorry, unacceptable. Yeah, I gave up after one second. And now? Which I usually do. Sometimes I give up without even trying. And the funny thing is you got the same phone I did, but you got it a few weeks before I did, and you went, ooh, you're just going to be blown away how fast it is. (laughs) Yeah, the processor is fast. In fact, right now the phone's already doing things that I haven't even thought of doing. It's it's a little too fast. So my life, that completed my life. And I was thinking the other day that uh, when I used to do my hockey workouts, my skating workouts, not mm-hmm. figure skating, as Eric would say, but my hockey Then workouts. you brought up the figure skating. I didn't do that. And you this, seemed you seemed intent on doing that. <laughs> this, this this woman who was like, like you like you almost had to say it. This this uh, woman who was like you couldn't keep from saying it. This woman who also worked out. You said figure skating would would constantly come to me and say, you know, that's what's wrong with society. You're always on your phone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, before you judge me, I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I'm getting a text right now. Can yeah. you hold on? Yeah, I'm not. On, no, but I'm really not on. I'm really not on social media. It's all you know how it is. It's all work. I got that on the golf course here in the last six months, mm-hmm. uh, and it was one of the rare times I was golfing during the week. And they said, "Get off your phone. You're golfing." I go, "I'm working." <laughs> and with you know these phones now, and I love the stylus, so I'm. Uh, we're always, you know, to get information instantaneously, not to have to wait a second or two for it to download, to hit it, and boom, it's there. That is absolutely necessary in my life. So I'm happy. Well, all right. You shaved off a couple of seconds. Hold it. Yeah. My ultra, you complete me. I think that's going a little far. <laughs> Maybe you get back to the figure skating. <laughs> Fill in some of that time you got back. Uh, and the funny thing is... And by the way, if I'm on the golf course on my phone, it's because I accidentally drove onto the golf course because I was driving and looking at my phone, not because I'm golfing. Okay. You'll never know. The you'll first lake I ever fished in was on a golf course. You'll never know that pleasure of hitting a great shot, of being 175 yards from a hole, mm. and you hit that 
you hit that club, and that ball comes off, and as soon as you hit it, you know, because mm-hmm. you know you've hit it right. Mm-hmm. And that thing goes in the air, and you're like, whoa, let me watch this. And you've hit it. Maybe there's a 15-mile-an-hour wind, and that's it, going right to left, and you hit it just right. And that thing goes in the, the, the air. You're almost two football fields away, and there it lands 10 feet from the hole. Mm-hmm. That is a huge adrenaline rush. Now, most people hack it and can't, you know, they just get frustrated and say this game sucks. When you hit a good shot, anyone knows who golfs. You hit that good shot, that's what brings you back. You're trying to do that again because it's such an awesome feeling. You can't believe that you did it. Now, and now since I've been taking lessons, when I hit a good shot, somebody will say, that's a really great shot. I go, that's not me. That's, you know, that's my instructor. <laughs> I don't hit the ball like that. Yeah. So, no. And there's, that's why life is still worth living for me, even though I'm, well, even though I'm recognizing, I almost said celebrating, recognizing my 50th high school uh, anniversary tonight. I still have hopes to succeed at something and be better next week than I am today, and that's my golf game. All right. So there you go. Well, good. Talk radio, eh, whatever, I'll mail it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we'll get to it. Since we're talking about mailing it in, you want to hear, I, I've got, uh, I, I lined it up. I wasn't, we were talking about it, but I hadn't lined it up. I have uh, uh, Biden's uh, remarks on the economy yesterday. Yeah, all right. What do you got? Talking about mailing it in, though. I mean, yeah. it's... <laughs> Because that's what they're doing. I don't even know why he pretends he cares. They're, everyone knows he doesn't. <laughs> Here, and, and you can see he starts off by saying our investments, the investments. Mm-hmm. Investments mean taking your taxpayer dollars and putting it into industries that can't make a profit on its own to produce a product that people don't want. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden... Kamala Harris, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, and Chuck Schumer are the ones that are deciding what companies should succeed and not succeed. And I, I don't believe is that is anything inaccurate about what I'm saying there. They're the mm-hmm. leaders of the people who are telling you what industries America needs to succeed at. Mm -hmm. not entrepreneurs right this is their philosophy they decide what companies succeed and what jobs you work at that's what it means here we go i'm here today to talk about what we're doing and to invest in america there you go right there to invest in america you're not an investor you're president of the executive branch your main job is to protect us from foreign enemies. Yep. What are you talking about? You're here to talk about the government investing in America. This is it, and this is an economic mm-hmm. speech here. You see Bidenomics in the background. Here we go. Invest in Pennsylvania. Invest in our clean energy future. Now talk about the progress we made building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up. You know, I came to office determined. Strengthen the middle class. I often say, and I mean it sincerely, 
You know, Wall Street, good folks down there, but they didn't build the middle class. They didn't build America. The middle class was built by the middle class, and the unions built the middle class. And it changed the economic direction of this country. Because we, I got tired of trickle-down economics. I've never been a big fan. If the wealthy do very well, I'm a capitalist. I like the wealthy to be able to people be wealthy. But if the mere fact they do well doesn't mean everybody else does well. I watched my dad growing up. There's not a whole lot of benefit trickle down on his kitchen table as a consequence of trickle down economics to what everyone from the Financial Times and Wall Street Journal has become my change, my different philosophy. They, I, don't, I don't think they started off trying to be complimentary, but they started calling them Bidenomics. And our plan's working, Bidenomics. Yeah. Um, he what, likes, the, what the hell is he talking about? Well, I, I get it. He doesn't like trickle down. He likes trickle up. From Hunter to him. <laughs> I'll never forget when... Um, Listen, Jack, Burisma didn't build the middle class. <laughs> Bribes built the middle class. That's right. right. I'll never forget when Obama said, you didn't build that. Yeah, we stopped him right there and said, yeah. uh, actually, uh, we did. Uh, because the government gets nothing without profits. Right. Profits have built everything in this all country. All of it. That's not rhetoric. That's reality. The private sector what? built it all. Without right. the wealth, you've got nothing, Jack. Without profits, nothing exists. Without legit profits, nothing exists. Because even if you come in and say, well, they want to take more than the profits, which is true, they do. They want to take the gross profits. Great. How long can that last? Not long at all, because corporations would go away. Then what do you have? Nothing. Does anybody know what Joe Biden, we've often asked this question about every president. Has anybody ever sat down with Joe Biden and asked, how does an economy work? We said the same with Trump, mm -hmm. because Trump was all over the place. You know, he would be, he would be anti-free trade, pro-free trade, uh, uh, much more of a, uh, you know, he, he would, he would be, you know, he brought in Kudlow and he brought in Steve Moore after he had Navarro in there and they were completely different on economic, you know, economic philosophy. Yeah, yeah. And we said, does anybody know where, where Trump actually sides on an economy? How does it work economically speaking? We're not talking, we're not talking, for example, globalism and free trade, we're just saying, just in general, how do you believe an economy works? A president has never asked that question. We said one of the worst things in this country is anybody who listens to our show for any length of time knows precisely what we think, precisely, not rhetoric, but precisely how we view an economy works. It's embarrassing and it stinks that you know more about what how Eric and I view an economy than you know the president, any president. When I think about it, Obama, Trump, nobody ever sits down and says, explain to me how an economy works. Uh, the one that stands what out is, is uh, as even before he became president, you knew how Ronald Reagan thought about an economy.
because he created yes, those did. recordings. He created those recordings, and then uh, because of uh, because of the influence of of, uh, of Jack Kemp, mm-hmm. Jack Kemp was the one who really went out and explained a lot of it, you know, to the American people, which is supply side economics is what what you what you call it, and even and, Ronald Reagan on the Tonight Show. You know, he sat down, and I think uh, Johnny said something about his suit, and he talked about, you know, it was basically he was lining out the economy of a pencil kind of thought of how an economy works. Milton Friedman, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, but I haven't seen that done since Reagan. No, I mean, it's it's this it's the word salad that you get in here. And by the way, you see how we covered everything I'm for in in investments, unions, but I'm a capitalist. Mm-hmm. It's like he's covering every single angle and throwing it out. And people are, oh, oh, we have no idea what he's talking about. You don't know. Oh, oh, yep, yep, yep. Well, because he's you killing know. you. These are all union workers going. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. We believe our union workers who are trying to kill our jobs and this president that's trying to kill our jobs. Yep, yep, yep. We're tough union workers. We've got our hard hats on. And you're idiots for believing this guy. Well, and you're letting your union leaders give your money to them. Yes. Your hard-earned money is going to this. I do not include all unions uh, members in this, but I include those union members that started clapping tremendously for Biden. You're a bunch of idiots. You're being conned, and you're willfully being conned. And when his former boss, Obama, brought it up and said, you didn't build that because the bridges and the roads were necessary to get people here to your business. Yeah, we built the bridges and the roads, too. Yep. Because without... Profits, you've got no money to build those. You got nothing. You don't have profits, you have nothing. Everything fails without profits. The blind leading the blind, and he thought he had owned that moment, by the way. That moment went viral for the wrong reason. 86690 Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866 Red Eye. And good morning. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Dun, 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 dun. I've calmed down now. I just get frustrated when people are so easily manipulated and conned. And when I hear those union workers in Philadelphia cheering, I just shake my head and go, you're a bunch of idiots. And we saw it with the West Virginia Coal Miners Union back in 2008 that endorsed Obama after he said he'd kill the industry. Do people want to fit in so much that they will just buy any type of bull crap that's thrown their way? Well, I'd ask with uh, this president, fit in with what? Uh, I guess fit in with other union members, but he's the guy? That's the guy you want to cheer for? Yeah. Well, but it was Him a bunch and of, his ideas? But it was a bunch of word salad. It made no sense at all. And it's like, yay! They're all clapping. It's like, what the hell are you clapping about? Did you even know what he said? Please, I would love to go to those union members that were clapping and say, could you please explain to me why you clapped? What precisely did he say? I can bet you they have no idea and could not explain it. Oh, he talked about an equitable economy and a fair economy. And Well, what precisely did he say? He said he's not for trickling. <laughs> but he's a capitalist. I asked <laughs> half of them what trickle down means. Yeah. What does it refer to? 
who are you talking to, Jack? Yeah, and, and that's why I get I get frustrated just because I hate it. I hate it when 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 people for some reason whether they wish to fit in, I don't know what it is. You know, I come from a <laughs> you and I come from a different era, a different culture. You know, it's like we're going to call out BS when we hear it. And for some reason, we live in a country that accepts BS and wants more of it day in and day out. Yeah, right. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Any sports? Oh, that's right. The British Open. I forgot about that. The British Open's going on. No, it is. Is this golf we're talking about or tennis? Yeah, uh, this is golf. All right. Is, yeah. All right. Is... So who are we watching for? I have no idea. I haven't. I just I haven't paid attention at all. Normally, I live on that too. Or is no, it no, the, not the, yet. All the majors are separate from. All the majors are separate from the PGA or live. They're their own entities. For now, so. Uh, no, I, they're going to remain their own entities. You have because you have the Masters. The mm-hmm. Masters, you know, mm-hmm. Augusta mm-hmm. owns their, you know. They own their tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have the U.S. Open, which is run by the USGA, which is the United States Golf Association. Mm-hmm. And then you have the British Open, which is the, uh, what is it? Is it the RNG, I think, that is the organization there? And then you have the PGA Championship, which is separate from the PGA that runs the actual golf tournaments. Mm-hmm. They're completely separate organization. Mm-hmm. They're the organization, the PGA that runs a PGA is the organization that represents club pros. And Liv is going to have to raise a lot more money to buy all these. <laughs> they got the work cut out for them. <laughs> well, Liv will accomplish. Uh, I will uh, I will look at Liv and say, well, uh, I, I, am, I may not agree with a lot of them, but if they were able to buy uh, Augusta. Yeah. <laughs> And own the Masters. Well, I, I gradually have some respect going, how much did that cost you? Yeah. I I can almost give as close to a guarantee. I don't know anyone. Well, the only one I know who's a member of the Augusta, uh, of Augusta is uh, Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> mm. Right. I couldn't name you another, um, uh, you know, uh, Masters... Uh, you know, Masters, uh, Augusta member. Right. Except, uh, except her. So, hmm. but I just I have a feeling they're never selling. <laughs> they will be, they will be member run. Uh, yeah. So I don't even know who's in the lead. I didn't even see the first round or anything, but, uh, maybe I'll watch a little bit. But I'll be, I'll be busy a lot this weekend. So I'll miss it some. As I said, with, for me in general, even golf, I mean, I did watch some of the majors, but I'm just, uh, 
That's one thing is I, you know, we talk about getting older since it is my 50th <laughs> high school reunion later on today. Right. And uh, that's the one thing that's the one thing that m- doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, my rejection of the NFL a couple of years ago was justified because it was based on the this specific lies based on on uh, on uh, on race and law enforcement and the radical organization Black Lives Matter and Colin Kaepernick with the socialist ideas that we now know that it's now well accepted and documented. Uh, you know, we're invading the NFL, and I said, nope, sorry, I don't want any part of it. But all the other sports that I just lost interest in. That I can't explain. I don't know why. I don't know why I don't have the interest anymore that I used to have. Not that I won't. Probably when I'm at my dad's house, uh, my brother will be over and and, uh, we'll probably watch some of the British Open. I'm sure we will. Hmm. But it won't be. uh, It just. uh, It's not earlier in the morning, you know, because it's in Great Britain. Right. Yeah. I don't. I, I love golf more than ever, but I just don't watch. I don't watch anything. I really don't. I mean, it's amazing how my interest in sports has died. Yeah. And that and I guess I'm just blabbering about it now because it's a great mystery. It's not like for football, a couple of years ago, there was a specific answer and I could articulate it. I don't know for the rest of sports. Maybe I realize they're just childish games. But that's not the case because I love playing golf more than ever. I'm taking lessons. So my love for sports is there. It's just the watching. It's like, nah. Well, why watch it when you can get up and go do it? Well, I mean that's true, but I still in uh, I I still, you know, if I sit in front of it a couple of weeks ago, I forgot what I watched one of the tournaments, and it was really enjoyable to watch it. You know, I oh I watched some of the uh, the women's, the uh, the women's U.S. Open. I watched part of that at mm-hmm. uh, uh, at um, um, oh what do you call it the uh, the one at uh, Monterey. Mm. Can't think of it. Can't think of the name of the golf course, the famous one there. Mm. And so I watched part of that. So I, I, it's not that I, I used to search it out. I would, you know, I, I DVR it. You know, I would, I'd go back and watch it. I'd watch the highlights. It's like, nah, don't care. Yeah, that's right. a mystery. All right, let's get through. We got a ton of stories to get through before we get out of here. Um, top House Republicans said Thursday that there has been a clear shift in messaging. From the White House on President Biden's involvement in Sun Hunter's foreign business dealings. And they are demanding to know whether the shift indicates that the president knew more than he let on. Uh, House, The House Republican Conference Chair, Elise Stefanik, Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, and Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith wrote a letter exclusively obtained by Fox News Digital to White House uh, the, to the White House Counsel on Thursday afternoon to seek clarity on the shifting message. <laughs> this is by the way, this is major league political trolling. Uh, <laughs> quote, President Biden and official White House spokespersons have said repeatedly that the president had no knowledge of his son's business, nor did he discuss business with his son, they wrote. But they pointed to a June 29th statement that started the new messaging from the White House. Uh, 
councils, which they said seemed to move the goalpost. On that day, you began to say, as we have said many times before, the president was not in business with his son. So they want clarification. Are they now saying that the that Biden knew officially is the White House saying Biden knew about his son's business dealings that he had discussed it with him? We always knew this was going to burn him in the long run, didn't we? Yeah, there there's no way to completely shut that door and say, you know, nothing about your son's business dealings. And and get away with that for very long. By the way, it took way too long to get to this point. I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, he's been saying that since the beginning. And, and the fact of the matter is, he didn't have to. It was unnecessary. But what he was trying to do is shut this down because what he thought he had was complete control. And he clearly does not. When did that, when did the voicemail come out? where Biden was leaving a message for his son, where he was talking about his business dealings. That's over a year ago, isn't it? Yeah, it is. A year and a half ago? Yeah. And all along, it was like uh, the the, uh, uh, from Hunter's own laptop came the voicemail. The reporters would ask Corrine Jean-Pierre came out there where obviously the president is stating and talking about business to his son Hunter and leaving a voicemail. Yep. Do you still stand by the fact that the president knew nothing about his business dealings? And she would go, uh, it's uh, the uh, the uh, the, uh, you know, uh, the White House still stands by this. We stand by what the president says. We stand by what the and so all of a sudden they changed it on June 29th. And the Republicans are saying, well, why did you change it? Uh, be, wh- what message are you communicating here? And you right. know what you're going to get. Mm. The reporters will ask it now. That it's going to come out, you know, with Green Jean Pierre. Probably, I don't know. It could come out. I don't know if she's holding a press briefing today, but if she is, it'll probably come out today. The Republican leadership has sent a message. You're now saying the official word from the White House is that uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 president uh, has never done business with. Hunter, does that mean now that you are reversing what you have stated, which was the president didn't know about anything about his son's business dealings and never talked to his son at all? You know what she's going to say. She's just going to repeat. They'll just repeat the same thing. Well, she's going to start with, as we have been saying all along, blah, 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 with the whole gaslighting move. Uh, And because it's the only game they have. Uh, the fact of the matter is it's it's all garbage and and it's falling apart. You you're really horrible at lying for a guy who lies so much. You would think he would get better at it. No, he just seems to yeah. get worse. Uh, I could see her saying, well, we stand by the the message that the president never did business with his son. Uh-huh. Well, that's not the question that we asked. The question we asked was, does this mean because you stated before that the president said he knew nothing about his son's business activities and never talked to his son about business? Are you saying that you have changed? 
What we are saying is that the the president were has you, never done business with his son. They won't answer the question. Were you wrong or were you lying? Right. Were you wrong or were you lying? Yeah, that's what I'd ask. Oh, that's a great one. Were you wrong or were you lying or was the president lying to you? The, uh, the uh, GOP lawmakers wrote, this statement deviates from previous White House statements and brings forward concerns that the president knew of his son's foreign business deals, the GOP wrote. The White House has previously said the president never spoke to his son about his business dealings, but we all knew that was a lie the day that a year and a half ago the voicemail came out mm-hmm. uh, from the, the the president and had no knowledge of them. The president himself has also denied ever having spoken to his son about his business dealings or being involved in them. As a result of this apparent uh, messaging shift, the four GOP lawmakers asked the White House to answer a series of questions, including whether the White House is now admitting President Biden knew of and was involved in Hunter's foreign business dealings, how many of those foreign business deals he was aware of, what President Biden's involvement was, and whether he was financially compensated for his involvement. Hmm. Wow. Huh. Yep. What, are, what are Democrats in Congress behind the scenes saying to each other? What are those talks like? You know, the, the thing is, over the last couple of days, nothing from the Department of Justice. No. Nothing from Merrick Garland. Nothing now from the FBI, you know, the, 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 the FBI. Absolutely nothing. And from the White House, nothing. No. From the media, nothing. Here's one thing, you know, now that the uh, FD-1023 is out, you would think that the liberal media has done everything they can to contact the president of Burisma to find out if what he stated was false. Because that would blow the whole thing out of the water for Republicans, right? Oh yeah. If you could get no oh, yeah. sources say that the pres that the that the president of Burisma never recorded anything, but then again, would he state that? Because isn't that his still if there's anything that happens out of this that could be viewed as getting jail time or being indicted by the US government is a president of Burisma, if it's true, as he stated to the source, that he has all of these tape recordings and that the bribe happened you would wish to use that because i don't know where this would go in any other way i don't know if the you know he could ever be the president barisma indicted for any type of u.s crimes but that's what you're waiting for right yeah that's why you would hold on to any of this this is your because you would ask the question well why are you hanging on to all of this well just in case i need it for the future which means you don't know what's going to hap- right. happen. Right. Did you believe you were breaking some type of U.S. law that they could come after you and that's your get-out-of-jail-free card? Is I've got the goods on the president. Yeah. I mean... Because you're telling me the Republicans haven't tried to contact him? Everybody in the U.S. has probably tried to contact him in the media and in the government. Look, if you've got recordings... It's over. If anyone in the GOP had recordings, we'd likely know that by now. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they had them, yeah. 
So it tells me that there might be some maybe at the FBI, if anybody, if any American has them. It's likely at the FBI. Or intelligence picked it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Because these were overseas calls. Right. Just stay, just saying. Right. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Wow. It was a big day yesterday. More coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. So I was just looking here because this... After the uh, FD-23 came out yesterday, which is the Biden bribe document, the uh, one that shows the FBI's, you know, investigating it. One would wonder, you know, have Democrats been in contact with the FBI to say, guys, you know, you've had this for years. You have this document for years and you're still saying you don't know it's whether it's true or not. Why couldn't you discount this thing quickly? What's the problem here? If de- because Democrats are worried politically with where this is going, because it's not it's a thousand drips every day right now. Every day it's like, whoa, because here's a headline here. Republicans call now to an, uh, Republican calls to impeach Trump grow following release of FBI document detailing bribery allegations. Now yeah. that the documents out. Look, you got Democrats yesterday saying there's nothing here. There's no evidence. There's nothing exists. They're not saying the, that the whistleblowers are lying. They're not saying that the FD-1023 is a fraudulent document. Right. They're not saying any of that. They're simply saying there's nothing there. They're ignoring everything, which means they're extremely scared. Well, they're trying to throw the whole thing out without getting into detail. And you can't do that. No, you can't. Because once you lift it to throw it out, you've engaged. And at that point, there's 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 nowhere to go. Because tell me where that where that effort goes to dismiss all of this. Where it would go next? What would be the next logical move by the Democrats to dismiss all of this? You would have to start getting into the details of it all. You'd have to discount the credibility of it all. And they can't do that, and they know it. 
Now, it's not the mainstream of the Republican Party. It's, you know, it's not the leadership that's doing it. I mean, it's right, Boebert, right. it's yeah. Boebert, it's Kerry Lake, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, Jim Banks, mm-hmm. uh, let Luna. me see, uh, Luna, Luna, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know. So, so you're not talking about what is viewed as the leadership of the, the, the party. And so, I mean, those are, well, I'll tell you what they are. They're the, as we call them, they're the pit bulls of the Republican Party. Yeah. Right. It's what they are. Right. Yeah. And every party has them mm-hmm. at a particular time. Uh, I'm not necessarily in favor of their actions, you know, on a day-to-day basis. I think that they could explain things in a much better way. But I'm not there. It's reality. I'll deal with what reality is. Yeah, well, and, 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 and keep in mind, look, uh, the greatest threat here to America is that the president is compromised. Yes. And so that means if you believe that and and the more and more information that that points to that, then the greater the effort and the faster the effort should be to remove him from office. And the idea there, again, uh, also is that, well, logically, how do you do that? Emotionally, we get it. I mean, we don't believe he should be president, many of us. We didn't want him to be president ever, but you're here now. Where do you go from? How do you proceed from here? You're going to have to get the support of Democrats, and you know that, in the Senate, if you want removal from office after right. the impeachment process, you're going to have to get the the Senate on board, and that's going to still require a, a, a greater effort than what we have now. And we talked about the, the president of Burisma, and the, the, the idea of those calls being recorded. Well, there's some pretty hard evidence. There's a number of things along the way uh, that if they surface, they will be impossible to deny. Not that some Democrats won't try, but at some point you're going to start getting that influence over some of those Democrats if, if you actually have hard evidence. And that is the massive contingency here, that big if. There's a couple of things as as you were, were talking about, and that's the fact that I don't believe that the Republicans actually wish to impeach him right now. They right, want they right, want they right. if, if they could and they could drag this out. Now they may be forced to because if you get to the point where it's so crystal clear to the American public that the president is because of his past actions is compromised now. Yeah. Well right, then that right. that public opinion will drive you to do that and you it's got to be to a point where it's impossible for Democrats to still just say, you know, they can't say anymore. Nothing's here. Mm-hmm. They would have to ad- address it. What's going on here is what normally happens. You take the pit bulls that get out there. They're out there first screaming impeachment, impeachment. And so you want as a political party, you want that out there. Why are they saying why are these people saying impeach? Right, is it right. just is there nothing? Are they just being you know, are they just being the radical Republicans that they are? Mm-hmm. Because they're viewed in the mainstream media as radicals. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you have to examine it. If you're the Washington Post and you say, look, it's Boebert, it's Luna, you know, it's the it's the radical fringe that's screaming at it. Well, are you going to say why? Why they're wrong? Mm-hmm. Will you touch that? And if they touch that at that particular point, then you've got them talking about it. And that's what you want. You want the mainstream media right at this point. If I'm a Republican, I want the mainstream media 
to try to challenge me. Oh, yeah. I yeah, want yeah, them yeah. to challenge because me. Because you want to get because, into the details that we talked right, about. Because yeah. you want, if you're a Republican, you want what happened when Goldman. Yeah. Yeah. Because. And, Stepped and, in it. And yeah. he, and <laughs> Goldman views, Representative Goldman views that he's a sophisticated guy and I'll be able to, you, you can see it when he gets out there. And as I said, he is, he is now the new pit bull of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. You've got Raskin, you've got Goldman. They're the pit bulls. They're the Adam Schiff uh, and the uh, and the Swalwell. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's who they now are mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party. So the thing is, though, you have to have ammunition at some point. And Goldman went in there thinking he had, I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, he was delusional if he thought because he was, as I said, when I'm watching it the other day, I'm saying. You need to shut up. You need to shut up. And I guess it was coming from the point of being a lawyer. I didn't want him to shut up. It was just your first reaction was shut up. You're cutting your own throat. Right. Shut up. You're right. cutting your own throat. Right. You're a Democrat. You are the, now you're you're making the case now that Trump or that Trump that Biden knew about what his son was doing when they're still claiming he didn't. Right. Now the White House counsel might have put that out, but the president hasn't said that yet. The president hasn't said what the White House counsel has said, where the White House counsel said, well, he's never done business with his son. Oh, so he knew about what his son was doing? And that's why Republicans hit there. You keep backing them into the corners what you do. And so at this time, you have what is viewed by the mainstream media as, if you know, the radical Republicans come out and scream impeachment, impeachment, impeachment as loud as they possibly can, which they were doing yesterday which makes very, very slowly, why do they want to impeach? Are they just blowhards or do they have something here? And there's no way that you can look at what's going on. And, you know, if you and you go, oh, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene, she said it. But is there substance to it? Well, wait a minute, really? This, this came out? Well, what's she talking about? This document? Whoa. Well, how long has the FBI had it? Oh, it was updated three years ago? And what does the FBI have? They've discounted it, right? No, no, they haven't. Well, well, then why haven't they? Because this is really bad stuff. And then you start asking questions, and you get into the mystery game, and that's the last thing the Democrats want, and that's exactly what the Republicans want, because there really is an interesting story here. Take out the, you know, take out the partisanship. There's a really interesting story here because it is. It is. Right now, the biggest allegation with new evidence, circumstantial and hard evidence day by day that leads you only into one direction. And that would be the biggest influence peddling illegal scheme in American political history bar none. Well, and, and, and so and you that's, look at it, that's the story. That's there's where the story leads. When you look at it too in its totality, ask yourself the question: Where are the holes? Where are the holes in this? That's what we always look. We look for the holes. We do that, this that, on that, both sides. That were easy. Yes. We we yeah. we said if the GOP is making these charges, and this started with Comer uh, and Grassley early on. If you guys are bringing something, you better have something. You can't just have, you know, uh, 
uh, what's his name, uh, the Democrat, saying, well, this is just hearsay. No, that's that's in the courtroom. When you talk about witnesses, they're allowed to talk about what they saw. They're allowed to talk right. about the conversations. And this is it's been a weak attempt to punch holes in this, including yesterday. Oh, there's nothing here. AOC. But that's not punching holes. No, no, it isn't. That's that's the closest they can get to try and and hit this massive. They're hitting a wall is what they're hitting. Where are the holes in this? When you have uh, Goldman, when you have AOC the other day, uh, a huge misstep. And when she's talking to Shapley about Weiss and the fact that, well, then you said you couldn't re- uh, recollect what was had been said and whether it was this or that. And then he stopped her and said, well, I have refreshed my memory. She asked him something and his answer, I have refreshed my memory when I found some more emails of mine. Because here's the thing about whistleblowers is that you've got to cover your backside. It's the entire, that's this is what the whistleblower process is about. But when you know you're putting your job on the line, you're putting your reputation on the line, you know you have to build for yourself that protection against retaliation. That requires a great deal of work. I've watched somebody do it close to me. I've watched them do it twice, actually. And it is something that is very nerve-wracking. It is something that is, and it's nothing even, it was nothing, uh, in my case, nothing close to this, what I witnessed. Think about this. They're going to go forward. They're going to go to the public. Essentially, they're going to go through the whistleblower process. But eventually, this is going to come out to the public. And they're going to be scrutinized to no end. They've got to. That's why uh, uh, when Shapley responded that way and said, well, I went back through and I found some more emails of mine. And those emails are about creating that paper trail. Here's what happened. Here's what you're making those notes for your future self so that you know Mm -hmm. that as this comes out here, make sure uh, you, you there may be a notation. Make sure to to look into that. Make sure uh, 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 to talk to this person on this date. I talk. You're logging. You're documenting everything because you know that your reputation, your entire life, if you come forward, is going to be scrutinized. The Democrats have not been able to punch a hole so far because there aren't any holes in this. Eight six six ninety red eye Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Roadside inspections all begin with the driver interview, during which the officer will gather basic information from the driver and prepare the driver for the inspection. The officer will also be evaluating the driver, determining if the driver can speak English, is under the influence of anything, has an illness, or is fatigued. The officer will ask the driver for required documents, including vehicle and driver credentials, the driver's log, and shipment paperwork. The officer may also conduct a vehicle inspection. Before beginning the inspection, the officer will take steps to make sure the inspection can be done safely. These include chalking the wheels, wearing personal protective equipment, and explaining what will be required of the driver. The driver needs to pay close attention to these instructions so that the vehicle inspection can be conducted in a manner that is safe for the inspection official. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
Earn personalized savings on commercial truck insurance with Smart Haul from Progressive. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Not available in all states or situations. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So when you, you know, the, the, the problem that the Democrats now have is the story is coming out, and influence peddling and bribery is really easily understood by the American public. Yep. You actually, that is a little bit of an incentive. When you when you go through, for example, I actually read Andrew McCarthy's The Entire Book, Ball of Collusion, mm-hmm. which was early on about the the whole Trump colluded with the Russians and everything else. I'd like to see a, and, a follow-up on that book, and, by the way. <laughs> but that was a tough... Remember I told you how tough it was to read? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you got into so much minutia of this person and that person and this person doing this and eventually doing this and then this person... Well, this doesn't have as many uh, uh, characters. In fact, I think it was that book that that where we said... Because of the way that the book is, I mean, you really have to get and We talked about it recently this week. Look, that's a that's a Clinton plan. What we're talking about here is a Biden plan. No, you're right. I mean, that was right? because it, because it was very. <laughs> yeah, to, there were so many players so involved. Many weeds to get so into. many. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like at times I, I will I will be honest if I wasn't a talk show host, because I say I have to be honest because most of the time I'm lying to you. Uh, but <laughs> I probably would not have stayed reading the book if uh, i if i yeah. wasn't a talk show host yeah, right because it was so it was like pulling teeth everything you know to get through like, okay now who's this person i it, gotta go back i gotta yeah. go i still have for example looking at this every time they say chs i keep going who's chs i'm looking oh, oh that's a confidential, confidential human, human source. source yeah but i've i've known that for months but I keep going back every time. Oh, who's CHS well, again? It, because it sounds oh. like an agency. We're, yeah. we're used to so many alphabet agencies. Right. Just yeah. just put the just put the source. Right. You know, I know they're comp. When I hear source, that confidential human is in front of it already. Yeah, it's a given. Yeah, and so, uh, but even today, I was going. I had to go back and go. Well, who's the CHS again? I went. Oh, gee, come on, Gary. How many stories have you read? But the fact is, this is Hunter, Joe, and. Whoever they're trying to get a bribe from, that's what yeah. the allegation yeah. is now. Yeah. That's real easy to understand. And then it's a great, what did they want? And so you may have a lot of the names in there, but it's like, oh, okay, they want to help getting, they want to invest in companies in the United States. They want to expand their energy company. And they can't do it if they're under investigation. And it's right. like, oh, okay. So they're trying to get all the help that they they can. And when you read... As you know, you and I did yesterday, and as we brought to everybody's attention, when you go through the FD ten twenty three, it's juicy stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's juicy mm-hmm. stuff. To be, when when you get to the point, I, my think my point is, it's a great story. Take politics out of it; it's a great story. It could be it could be a mini series. Actually, so could now that we know a lot more. Remember when Andrew McCarthy wrote Ball of Collusion? We hadn't gotten to the conclusion of it at all or ball of collusion we had not gotten to the conclusion of the collusion the collusion conclusion <laughs> the collusion conclusion mm-hmm. but that actually is a fascinating story oh if I, you think I, that's why it. i was saying i that, want to see a follow-up to that book 
I would yeah, love to because, see Andrew McCarthy himself write a follow up. But that's a that's a that can't be a movie. It's too long. No, it it's 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 a mini. It's a it's well, it's, it's not it's a, a mini series. It's, it's a, it would have to go on as long as uh, yeah. The Simpsons or Law and Order. <laughs> no, but it would because it's actually fascinating. You know the cooperation for one presidential campaign to completely set up and then, in essence, help to destroy the incoming administration. Yeah, and and their effectiveness in the first few years, uh, and and so that's a fascinating story. This one, though, you know, I can see the movie, the biggest political corruption in American history. Well, you would have to do Lord of the uh, Lord of the Rings style trilogy, where each of the, if you're going to do the movie no, uh, but, uh, on right. on on the Biden thing, you're still right. going to have to do a trilogy that is three hours long each. Young Biden. <laughs> it's yeah. like the Godfather. Yeah. Young Biden. <laughs> yeah. Middle aged Biden. Old they're Biden. Sen- 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 <laughs> well, and they're, they're sending out Hunter to go get the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it safe. Come on. Serious. Hunter. Man. No joke. Hunter, you go by the toll booths. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> The Bonus Show. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Cronin. I'm Gary McNamara. So just uh, continuing the, the, the problem that the administration has and the Democrats have and the media actually have uh, with all of this is if you've looked at the polling, and it's, and it's really across the board when you've seen the polling, and there's not a lot of polling done on it because the media doesn't want, the media that supports a lot of the polls doesn't want these polls out. But the polls that have been done show that the majority of the American public believe that the administration, that the Biden administration, excuse me, not the Biden administration, the Bidens are corrupt. Hmm. The majority of the voters now believe that. That's the problem. Because now that they now that they already believed it before any of this, I mean, that's a month ago that was the poll. Think of everything that's come out since that time. Hmm. Now, you already believe they're corrupt. Now you're more willing to listen to the story. Yeah. yeah. That the Republicans are telling that's a problem. Uh, that's a problem for them. Uh, Mar- uh, Miranda Devine uh, from, uh, uh, from uh, New York Post who wrote uh, the book The Laptop from Hell early on. Mm-hmm. She is the one, really, the whole the whole uh, Hunter Biden laptop, you know, she broke the story on it, for the, as we know, for the New York Post. And uh, she has always wondered, uh, remember, she always was, uh, you know, wondering, how did they know that this, how did they know they were going to print the story? Yeah. And right. she's always believed that the FBI was tapped into her, that they were monitoring. Because how else would they know we were doing the story? How else, you know, how did, you know, and that's really interesting. But she wrote something late last night. The Joe Biden bribe allegations now need a special counsel. Now, if anything merits a special counsel, it is the allegations buried in the FBI or by the FBI that the corrupt Ukrainian oligarch paid millions to bribe the big guy, then Vice President Joe Biden, 
to get a Ukrainian prosecutor fired. The grave allegations contained in an FBI document released Thursday by Senator Chuck Grassley came to light only because of a patriotic whistleblower. It is an outrage that FBI Director Christopher Wray tried to hide this so-called FD-23 FD-1023 document from Congressional Oversight Committee members. It is an outrage that Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss buried it again when provided with the document in 2020 by Attorney General Bill Barr after it had been vetted as credible by the U.S. Attorney in Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, Weiss inexplicably hid the 1023 from IRS and FBI investigators working the Hunter Biden criminal probe. IRS Supervisory Agent Gary Shapley has testified that the document would have likely been material to the ongoing criminal investigation of Hunter Biden as a result of the informant, uh, the information being concealed by prosecutors from the IRS uh, criminal investigators and the FBI investigators assigned to this investigation. We were unable to follow alleged criminal activity as would be normally completed. The Ukrainian-American who reported the allegations contained in the FD-1023 is a trusted, long-term FBI confidential human source uh, to whom the FBI has paid uh, uh, more than $100,000. Was no attempt made to investigate the allegations when the confidential human source first alerted the FBI in 2018? Remember how old this story is. (laughs) Did the FBI even try to retrieve the 17 covert recordings of Joe and Hunter Biden and two documents that allegedly show uh, that the Burisma oligarch, the owner of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, was paying the Bidens to ensure Ukrainian Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin was fired. Now, this is the important part of it. You know how the Democrats have consistently said that um, Shokin was not investigating uh, the oligarch, and that's why Joe wanted him Mm -hmm. fired. Despite Washington Post reports to the contrary, Shokin had been aggressively investigating Burisma, uh, which was paying $83,000 a month to Hunter to sit on his board from 2014 to 2019. The president of Burisma put Hunter on the board to protect us through his dad from all kinds of problems. That's a quote from the source attested in the FD-23 is coming from the president of Burisma. Now listen to this. I didn't know this till now. In February of 2016, Shokin issued warrants to seize all of the president of Burisma's properties in Kiev. The following month, Vice President Joe Biden successfully pressured the Ukrainian president or the Ukrainian government into firing Shokin. The story of the Biden's uh, corrupt influence peddling scheme which netted tens of millions of dollars from Ukraine, China, Russia, and beyond, is scandal enough. But the cover-up from big tech censorship to the New York Post reporting 
from Hunter's abandoned laptop and the CIA lies that it was Russia disinformation to the bearing of this FD-1023 is bigger than Watergate. Well, good God, it's pale. Watergate pales compared to this. Oh, yeah. Only when Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer threatened Ray with contempt proceedings did the FBI director allow him to view the FD-1023 last month. Most of the redactions, this is interesting because you're wondering what would they redact that would be that they would view as sensitive? Most of the redactions only serve to protect the Bidens. For example, all, I'm shocked. All mention of the 17 recordings was redacted. Why would you want that redacted? Yeah. Uh, because you don't want anyone to know about the recordings that they might still exist. So was the oligarch, the president of Burisma's comment that Hunter Biden was stupid and the oligarch's dog was smarter. (laughs) Now, that being said, we get back to this here, this story that came out yesterday. A senior FBI official told Twitter that Hunter Biden's laptop was legitimate on the same day. The New York Post published the first article in its bombshell reporting series on documents linking President Biden to his son's foreign business dealings. According to a deposition testimony released Thursday by the House Judiciary Committee. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden it's coming together. It's well, boom, boom, walk, every walk day. Walk through the logic of that process. Let's let's talk about this. So the okay. FBI is at Twitter. The FBI shows up at the door at Twitter, and if they you re- remember over at Facebook, Zuckerberg was on Rogan and said, "Well, they came to us and told us that there was something coming down, some misinformation, and and the whole thing." And at Twitter, uh, and and maybe the conversation happened this way at Facebook as well. The FBI shows up and says, "There's misinformation coming out. There's going to be a bogus story." coming out about a laptop well if you're at twitter you're going okay well if it's bogus the twitter users will shred it it doesn't matter if it's the new york post it doesn't matter who puts it out it's going to be shredded if it's bogus so in order to shut it down what do you have to do well it's got to be a matter of national security you've got to convince the people at twitter and facebook if you're the FBI, if you're the brass at FBI, to shut it down because it's a, mat- a matter of national security. We can't have this happen, and if it does, it's going to be on you. And I would bet my bottom dollar that's exactly how it went down. And we now know today that the FBI knew, and in this story from the deposition that was released by the House Judiciary Committee, Uh, A senior FBI official told Twitter on the day the story came out Mm -hmm. that the story that the lap, the story was true. The laptop was true. This confirmation was not shared with voters ahead of the 2020 election as dozens of former intelligence officials and then presidential candidate Joe Biden falsely suggested the incriminating documents were Russia disinformation. Right. Think about this now as we go through this, that. There were Democrats that have screamed about disinformation 
on the biggest stories of the last three years since the whole disinformation thing came out. Mm -hmm. The biggest stories of disinformation came in the United States, came from the Democrats and the media that support them. Yep. The biggest stories from COVID to the Hunter Biden laptop story, which were two of the, the biggest stories of that the time. The Russian hoax. I mean, if the you Russian think about hoax. Yep. Uh, Russian over, hoax over the yep. years, yep. it's all, all disinformation. So the people that are lecturing you on the morality of ensuring that affirm, a, a, information that you receive is accurate have been the biggest creators of dif, uh, disinformation. I was going to say in the world, but you do have North Korea. Uh, <laughs> they don't put much out but yeah yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah they're just they're just silent right <laughs> that, that's great oh, so it may be the democrats but uh to finish here the somebody from twitter essentially asked whether the laptop was real and one of the fbi folks who was on the call did confirm that yes it was before another participant jumped in and said no further comment Mm-hmm. Laura Demlove, section chief of the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force, recollected in a closed-door deposition Monday, according to a release from the Republican-led committee. This just came out this week. The FBI's non-public verification of the laptop occurred on October 14, 2020, just hours after the Post published a story detailing how an email showed Joe Biden met Uh, while vice president with an executive at Ukrainian gas company, Burisma Holdings, contradicting his claims that he never discussed foreign business dealings with his relatives. Demilov's deposition was released during a hearing on social media censorship uh, that went on uh, uh, yesterday. Wow. That's just amazing because we knew that the FBI knew. I mean, that that had come out that, you know, just, what, a few months ago. Yeah. The FBI knew uh, a year before that it was legit. And we had stated that, uh, well, well, they knew. And then all these 51 intelligence agents came out and stated that it was Russia disinformation. And all the time the FBI knew and did not try to correct the story or tell the American public what they believe. And now we know that an executive of Twitter... When talking with the FBI, why were they getting their censor orders for the day? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. While talking to the FBI on a phone call, an FBI agent said, yes, the laptop is real. It just gets bigger every single day. And, you know, these these uh, interviews are still going on, mm-hmm. and it's only still going in run direction. And the only thing you're really getting from Democrats is Representative Goldman, who making things worse for the Democrats or just a blanket denial that there's nothing there to see. There's no evidence being presented. There's nothing there. And this is all about just protecting Donald Trump. That's Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. And anybody who was a critical thinker, which means you can't be on the left, uh, but anybody who's a critical thinker knows there's a hell of a lot here. Oh, yeah. And more coming down. Yep. Oh, you heard that because they sent that letter to Trump on Sunday that he may be indicted today. 
Yeah, I did see that. Said, Andrew yeah. McCarthy had right. that out yeah. there. Yeah. Wouldn't we'll, surprise me. Yeah, we'll talk more about that, too. Just see where he wrote that if they may be going that since Trump <laughs> lied about the election being stolen and tried to raise money, that he raised money from people, that that's fraud. And they go, well, then wow. every politician's going to be in jail, and the Supreme Court's already ruled. That's You can't Lying prosecute it, for that. Lying isn't against the law. No. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Cronin. I'm Gary McNamara. You know, it looks like... uh, after, you know, Wednesday and then Thursday, today's Friday, I'm thinking for some reason it's Saturday. Uh, but it seems like the Republicans are really coming a lot harder now on everything, especially after yesterday. Devin Archer, you know, by the way, uh, Hunter's former business partner is supposed to testify next week. But every day it's not drip, drip, drip. It was a huge day yesterday with the information that came out. And even the rhetoric is getting a lot harder. We'll give you an example coming up on the top of the hour. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge seasons one and two of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen. 